Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to the second episode of Buffalo Sports Banter. As always, I'm Ben Shoup with my co-host, HLC. Good to be here as always. Another week of talking Buffalo sports. Big week in Buffalo sports as well. A lot of lot of different things, not just Bills and Sabres. We'll be talking actually majority not Bills and Sabres this week. Um, so yeah, it'll be a fun one. Thanks for tuning in. Hunter, how you doing? I'm doing really well. And uh, you could even say just a little bit better than it could have been as I was uh, pleased to be in attendance uh, last night for the Rochester Americans uh, whooping of the Toronto Marlies to advance to the Eastern Finals of the AHL. So feeling great here on a Thursday. Yeah, that's actually the first topic we're going to get into today is the Rochester Americans. If you don't know, if you really are just not into the Sabres a ton yet or wanting to get into them, they are the AHL team, basically the minor leagues of the NHL, if you're not too familiar with hockey yet. Um, but yeah, so the Rochester Americans – First time since, I think, in 2003 and four. We'll get into that later, but 2003 or four since they've made it this far. But, yeah, they swept the Toronto Marlies, so they they made it farther than a Toronto team, which everybody in Buffalo always loves. Um, They're going to play the Hershey Bears, which is the Washington Capitals uh, AHL team. So that's going to be the Eastern Conference Finals. One more series, they get to the finals. It should be a good one. Uh, Just a couple players before I ask you a quick question. A um, couple players that have been noticeable that a lot of that you should keep your eye on if you're a Sabres fan. Uh, first one is Lucas Rusek. He did play for the Sabres one or two games, not not a lot this past year. Um, in eight games, though, he's got two po- or two goals and seven assists, so nine points over a point a game. And then Isaac Rosen played eight games, another prospect, another young guy that could be up for the Sabres next year, has four goals and four assists in eight games. So eight eight points in eight games. And then Yuri Kulich is the other young guy who's been absolutely on fire. I think he's on a six-game goal streak right now. Um, he's one that, again, a lot of people are expecting to be in Buffalo next year because he's just been killing it all year long. Six goals, three assists in nine, uh, nine for nine points in six games. He didn't play all the games. He's only played eight, uh, six games, nine points in those games. So a point and a half a game. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. Um, and then the last one is Michael Mersh, who isn't a young guy. He's been in Rochester for a little bit now, but he's an older guy. He's a veteran. He's a leader. He's the captain of the Americans. Um, I mean, I know you got to see him last night. I got the opportunity last year when I was working for the Amherst. I got the opportunity to see a lot, him a lot, and he was just a great leader. One of those guys that comes in every day, shows you, does the same routine every day. You know, you'll shows the young guys. It doesn't matter if it's game number one, game number thirty-seven, or game seven of the finals. Right? You got to bring it every day. You got to bring the same thing every day. Um, but he's got five goals and four assists for nine points in eight games. So. They're rolling right now, right? And they're on their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So just give me your overall thoughts. Obviously, you were at the game yesterday of the atmosphere, what it was like to be at that game, and just on the team in general, what you thought. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it was a great first time uh, attending an Amherst game. I'd been to the arena once before for a, a monster truck show. 
So a bit of a different atmosphere, which uh, I definitely say I'm more in tune with, with the rink uh, style rather than the dirt fields. But uh, yeah, it was a great time. Um, the, we got in uh, about, a uh, say, 10 minutes before the gates opened and it was packed already. So you know that it was going to be uh, just a fiery and ready to go atmosphere uh, once the gates opened, which it was when they did. Um, surprising to see, uh, it was only 17 seconds in. The Marlies did get out to a one-zip lead. And so they kind of hushed everybody uh, up for a little bit. But then from that that point on, it was all Amherst. Uh, you heard the a lot of uh, chants that you might have thought were booing, but they weren't as it was Malcolm Subban in that making a ton of saves. And then, of course, the star player, Yuri Kulich. Uh, and so the Koo and the Sues were out uh, yesterday night. And, yeah, how about 8-4 for a final score to put the nail in the coffin for yet another Toronto team in the second round? Uh, yep. Pretty pretty storybook, if you ask me, in that regard. Um, so very impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say they've, they've if you've gone to Amherst games the past few years, it's been fun. I mean, last year you had Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka there. And, I mean, obviously the, the other guys that have been there still this year, like Byrell and Mersh, they're like, they're fun. It's a fun team to watch. You had UPL up down there last year. Um, and then this year you get Coolidge, Rosen, Rusek. I mean, you get a lot of good young players and now they're proving it in the playoffs and it's fun, fun time. And you should see them a couple of them at least up next year for the Sabres. Um, if not starting the season in Rochester, making their way up later on in the year. So it's, it's, it's a fun team. I mean, if you aren't too big, if you're more of a Sabres fan, I suggest checking out the Amherst. I mean, Andre, that was your, you said your first ever. Um, yeah. uh, well, I should say second ever time seeing him. I did see him at the Key Bank Center uh, maybe half a decade ago when they did that kind of a uh, special game at, at the Sabres arena. But first time at the Blue Cross arena to see him. Yeah, and that is a cool arena. I will say that it's an interesting arena, um, the way it's like set up and everything. But it is a nice arena. I mean, I love the atmosphere there. And there are a lot of really diehard Americans fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be shocked, actually, when you go. Like, if you talk to Americans fans, a lot of them don't even follow the Sabres. They just really like the Americans, um, which is kind of something that I was a little bit surprised about. But it's still, you know, it's a cool thing that they have this fan base in Rochester that just loves to watch hockey, loves to watch them play. Um, so, yeah, they're moving on. I don't know. I mean, I might try to catch catch a game in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals or maybe the Finals if they get there. Um, I mean, who knows? Because it's only what an hour and a half away. Um, Even less. It was really not that bad of a drive uh, by any means. Yeah, it's a straight shot right there. I mean, you just hop on the throughway. So Americans doing well, right? It's a great atmosphere there. If you want to go catch a game, I highly suggest it. I think I know Hunter. You you probably highly suggest it as well. It's it's a fun I would time. Have to- as well, and I for, uh, what I'm what I've been hearing is that the next opponent, the Hershey Bears, is actually the oldest rivalry in the AHL. I did not know that until I saw. So, uh, just goes to show what uh, uh, what more of an atmosphere it should be. Um, uh, if I can't get to that, I'll of course hope they win because uh, I would certainly not want to pass up the chance to go to a championship series. Uh, don't want to get too ahead of myself, but for the next one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a fun fun time for them and see if they can move on. Hope they can move on. Um, but there's another team, actually, another Buffalo affiliated team that is going pretty far in the playoffs. They're actually in the finals, and that is the Buffalo Bandits. So look a little bit of lacrosse now, moving into lacrosse. I have not gone to a game in a long time, but I do know Bandits games are wild. Like they are fun, exciting, energetic, everything you can really imagine. If you have kids, I suggest going to a Bandits game. They're very fun. I remember the last, the first time I ever went to one, that's how fun it was. Like, you remember a lot of the time you wrote. 
Um, but yeah, they're going to the finals. They're either going to play the Mammoths or the Roughnecks. Game that game though, those two teams are going to be playing game three, I believe. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. it's tied one one right now. Saturday at nine thirty p.m. So we'll see who they play. But they did beat the Knight- Rochester Nighthawks, who play in the same arena as the Amherst. Um, and then they also beat the Rock, which I'm blanking actually on who. So they were. Uh, funny to for them for those guys. Uh, they're called the Toronto Rock, but they actually play in Hamilton. Well, we could still say we, it's another Toronto team beat by Buffalo. So we'll, we'll count it. But they've yet to lose a playoff game. They're, they've swept everybody. I know that the, for lacrosse, it's one game in the first round, then best of three um, in the second. And I believe it's best of five. In, or is uh, it... Still actually three in the finals. Oh, okay. So best of, best of three in the finals. So they just another two games they got to win. They win it all. I know last year I believe they came in second. I believe they lost in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking to get revenge. I don't know who they played. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, they're looking to get revenge. Colorado. Oh, so there you go. Mm-hmm. So they're the mammoths, correct? Yep, that's correct. So we could see the could see a rematch. Could see a rematch. Um, that that'd be another one that I would definitely I'm gonna try to go to if if uh, the tickets aren't crazy expensive because mm-hmm. I do know that those games sell out a lot. Um, so bandits, they're moving on to the finals. They are a couple players to just highlight: Dane Smith. First in the NLL in in points in a lot of major categories, six goals, 20 assists for 26 points. Second in the NLL is Josh Byrne. Uh, might not be saying that right, but Josh Byrne, 15, or 15 assists, 11 goals for 26 points. So they're actually tied for the lead in the NLL right now. And then fourth is another bandit, which is Chris Cloutier. Cloutier. There you go. I... I'm going to mess names up a lot for people listening, just by the way, I'm not the best with names, but he's got 11 goals, seven assists for 18 points. And then Matt Vink, three, you know, 87% save percentage, 87%, 7.07 goals against average. Phenomenal. So they're moving on. What's I got two questions for you. One, the last game that you went to for the bandits and then two, what it would mean to the city of Buffalo and what it would mean for the national cross league. If Buffalo wins it this year. So to answer question number one, that actually goes back to game three of last year's finals. It was the only game I attended that season. Uh, I, call me if I guess that could be bandwagoner language to only go to the final game. Uh, but uh, fun to go to, but sometimes you prioritize other things. But, hey, that's okay. Still great time to go. Um, unfortunate result, of course, with Colorado winning. Um, that I will say I'm not sure what it's called, but the trophy that's presented is quite uh, – I uh, so like to see it. it um, from what I remember, it, it almost reminded me of the Leaning Tower of Pisa <laughs> uh, for its size and what it looked like. So hopefully we can see that given to the Bandits this year. And I uh, have not been to any games this year, but I'll probably try my best to uh, repeat what I did last year if we get to a clinching game. Because uh, I'd like to say the format, actually, I don't really agree with. So you have the better team hosting in game one. But what that means, of course, is if they win – then if they win game two, they went on the road, and that's not as fun as it could have, it could be. So I would actually propose uh, to have the um, underdog team host game one, but then the, the better team host game two and three of the finals so that you can win it at home. Um, Here's the trophy, by the way, real quick. This is the trophy that you're talking about, right? Yes. So, they, I mean, it's a, it's it's definitely a nice – I think it's a nice-looking trophy. That's, that's a good trophy. Hopefully that it stays in Buffalo. But just wanted to pull that up real quick um, <laughs> just to give the, everybody a little view of it. So, yeah, there's the view. Um, and then 
continue. Sorry. Yeah. I cut you off there. No, that's all good. So that's kind of where I stand with going to the games. Um, it'd be interesting. I always like to see new teams, which would be in favor of Calgary, but what a story it would be to kind of get some revenge and almost create, uh, well, I mean, a possible Cavs Warriors scenario with four parts would be part two of Colorado um, win. So we'll see what happens in that. Yes, that's uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern this Saturday. So we'll see. And then what it would mean to the city? I think it would mean um, a, a significant amount. I know we have four previous championships, the last one coming um, versus, I believe, Portland uh, in 2008. And so a, a, fifth, a fifth ring, a fifth banner would be really neat. And I, I, I kind of thought of it. Um, as almost like a Kickstarter, a jumpstart for the ones that uh, admittedly might mean a little bit more to the city, uh, as in the Bills and Sabres, because, um, of course, they'll be coming up shortly as well before we know it. Um, but I think it would be a great start to the to the season um, for, for Buffalo sports, uh, heading towards what, what what's to come after the summer. Um, and so I, I, of course, hope it happens, and um, I'll, I would like to be there if, if we have a scenario where – you can clinch uh, in game three. Yeah. For me, I haven't been to a game in a while. Like I'm talking years for me. I've always wanted to go. Like there's been probably every season, there's probably two to now probably like three to five times a year during the season that I'm like, Oh, I want to go. I got to go. But I just, I, it's one of those things, like you said, it just things get in the way, never end up going. So maybe, you know, this series I'll end up going to a game. Um, But yeah, for the city of Buffalo, I mean, I know obviously as a whole city, they're not huge but Bandits fans, but we they do get a lot of support from surrounding areas of Buffalo, everywhere around Buffalo. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I think it would mean a good amount to the city just to be able to see at least a winning team, right? And I think for the NLL, potentially could create a f- big fan base in Buffalo for saying, oh, look, your team's now winning its fifth or they're getting to the championship back to back, even if they lose, it's still amazing. And it, it could be something that kind of jump starts, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a uproar in, in younger kids taking a liking to box across and just the bandits in general. So, I mean, it will be interesting to see how Buffalo media and Buffalo in general reacts to them either winning or losing. Uh, I know last year, like there were a decent amount of people saying that they were, you know, a little, little disappointed that they didn't win it, but excited that they're, they still got there. Right. Um, So we'll see what the bandits won't find out who they're playing until, like we said, Saturday night until probably about almost midnight for a lot of people in Buffalo. Um, But yeah, so another good team, another good team that representing, you know, Buffalo or at least, I know the Amherst don't represent Buffalo. They represent Rochester, but they represent a Buffalo team. So close enough there. But um, let's move on to then another Buffalo team who has been rolling recently besides yesterday. I know yesterday was a rough one. Ended their five-game winning streak. That's the Buffalo Bisons. They are playing a lot of a lot better baseball recently. Like I said, five-game five, five um, win streak just ended seven and three in their last ten. They are, even though they're sixth in the East, way down in the standings, they're actually a game and a half behind third and three and a half behind second. So it's right there for them to take. It's right there for them to get going. They, the one thing that's really struggling for them is pitching. Their six most runs are allowed in the league. Um, and then I just want to highlight again, a couple of guys before I ask you a quick question. Um, one shortstop, Ernie Clement, killing it. Three thirty-six on base percentage, five home runs, 25 RBIs. I mean, that's an amazing start to the year for him. Left field, Davis Schneider, six home runs, 
average is a little bit lower with 250, but 20 RBIs and six home runs leads the team in home runs. And then last one is third baseman Rafael Lantiga. What? Lantiga. Sorry. Again, like I said, I'm going to mess up a lot of names. Um, But yeah, he's got a 290 average, three home runs, 16 RBIs. The thing that's killing him, though, starting pitching. They have the, the, the lowest ERA on the team starting pitching-wise is a 3.86. That is the lowest they have. So it's a little bit of a struggle right now for them. But I think that lately they've been picking it up just a little bit, just a little bit. But, um, yeah, so they are right now 19-22, and 22, losing record. But like we said, right there to take, right there to get back in to being up in the top three in the East. So what are your expectations kind of just for the rest of the season? What are your thoughts on the team for the season? Um, I don't, I can usually go to a decent amount of games every year. I know that you've worked for them in the past and everything. So what are your thoughts just on the atmosphere for a Bison's game and the team in general this season? Yeah, it's, I really enjoy my time there. In fact, I'm just finishing up another stint uh, in the press boxes, kind of a, the, what's called the DAC stats operator, which is the program that they use when you when you watch a play or a ball strike, you input that into the computer and then it shows up on the Jumbotron. So I'm responsible for doing that and also kind of training interns, training new employees on how to do that. So really uh, fortunate to be with them. So actually it'd be my second year um, for in a paid position and third year overall is the first time I was an intern. Um, but yeah, it's a great time there. Uh, for me, it's funny because I'm often there more on the weekdays where the attendance isn't quite as big as it is on the weekends. So uh, I, I always kind of look online, look on Twitter to see what that weekend attendance really is, because that's going to be your core, your bread and butter of when the seats are going to be filled. I know average attendance is usually around 4K, which uh, I don't mean to throw a dig, but that has uh, beaten some Oakland A's games this season from what I've what I've seen. Um but we know why that's going on, so I'll, I'll attract any negative attention there. Um, but on the weekends, I, I definitely see a lot, a whole lot of more butts and seats. Um, but, yeah, it's a great time. Uh, it's it's the equivalent, really, to the Amherst. It's one level b- below the pros, AAA. Um, you see a lot of Jays uh, up and down, of course, with the being that, that, that team being the affiliate. Um, we have a handful of players now that – have been with the Jays in the past. So it's fun to see there. Uh, in fact, Ernie Clement is actually from Rochester and uses the shout song as his walk-up song. So that's pretty fun to see. Um, so we always like to support that noted Bills fan as well. If you go on a social media, um, but yeah, like you said, starting pitching would, would like to see that improved. Um, a lot of those inning, middle innings too, with the relief pitchers definitely get a, maybe a little more extended than you'd like them to be. Um, but <clears throat> in the last 10 though, great record. And they had a, uh, versus the Syracuse Mets in the last series, I believe it was four out of the six games played were all walk-off wins. So that provided for a lot of excitement. Um, I was fortunate enough to be there for two of them. But, um, yeah, it's a really fun time. Uh, it's The one thing I would say that's unfortunate, at least for somebody like me, is since COVID, they've introduced the six-game series where it's Tuesday through Sunday. And for me, I like to try to see as many like different opponents as possible. That kind of takes away from it. Like if you look at the Eastern division, we don't play everybody in the East. Like we won't end up playing to my knowledge, the Jacksonville jumbo shrimp uh, would be a fun team to see based on the name. Um, we don't play them at all. And I also believe we don't play uh, the Memphis Redbirds as well as the Nashville sounds. So it's just kind of weird that you're you're in a division with a team that you're never going to play. Um, so we kind of wish it was maybe more of like the fewer games in a series to it to be able to play 
more different opponents. But I get it with travel costs. It helps doing it this way. Um, and, of course, you play the teams closer to you. Um, but, yeah, I'd recommend getting out to Salem Field. There's a ton of different theme nights. I know tonight is uh, Pride Night. Um, and then I believe tomorrow is Marvel Superhero Night. Quick shout-out here, really cool story. They will actually be having – I don't know if you remember um, the man who broke into the – I believe it was the Cheektowaga schools on Christmas Eve to save a bunch of people in the storm weather, Jay Withy. Um, they call him Merry Christmas, Jay, because that's how he signed the note that he left. Um, they're having him throughout the first pitch, I believe is tomorrow, as the real superhero. So absolutely love to see that. What what great marketing promotion idea from the department there to have him be the guy to throw out the first pitch. So like I said, highly recommend getting out to a game. They won the league uh, in the COVID year. So we have some championship pedigree in that regard. And uh, things are on the up and up. Uh, so, yeah, get out to Salem Field. Highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I would say Salem's a lot like like getting out to the field and going to a Bison's game is a lot like a Bandit's game to me is where it's like I, I always want to go, but I just never – I always – like I'm like, oh, I should have went today or whatever. But I do catch usually at least a couple each year. Um, fun games. I mean, if you – even if you're not a baseball fan, it's just a nice relaxing thing to do outside, watch some baseball, get some food. Um, and, yeah, they, like you said, they have a lot of promotions that they do. Just go ahead and look on their schedule and they have them all there. Um, and that is also an unbelievably fun story for um, the hero that's going to be there on Friday. And it's it really is amazing to be able to see what he did. And if you don't know, go look up the story that what, about what he did and just helped a bunch of people during the situation back in December with the huge snowstorm that uh, unfortunately a lot of people ended up losing their lives. Sad thing. But he ended up saving a lot of lives. So he he deserves to be, you know, celebrated and honored like that. Um but yeah, so it w- for the bandits, it's it's not it's a year though. I will say it's a year unlike the past couple where you know you've had a couple big names and in, in, down in Buffalo for the Bisons. Like you had Vladdy Guerrero in Buffalo, you had Alex M- Manoa in, down here, right? You had you had a lot of different different big names that are now up at the Blue Jays. Some are struggling right now, unfortunately, but they were down here and they were dealing, wheeling, hitting bombs. Right? It was a fun time to watch them. Um, although actually Vladdy was only here for a short time. I believe he was not here for too long. Yeah. Not even, a. Uh, I don't know if it was a full season, but I know towards the end of the year, he did go to the Jays of that season. Yeah. And he was back here again when the blue Jays were here during COVID. Um, that was also a fun time to be able to watch, but, um, yeah. So if you're done, if you never catch a Bison's game, if you never caught any of those teams, actually, Bison's Bandits, Amherst highly suggest, suggest going to get them out there, um, and going to, to witness a game. Um, but, Moving on, last topic before we do our day in history, I just want to quickly talk about the golf that's going on at Oak Hill, right, up in Rochester. Another another thing going up in Rochester. Um, first time, I think, since in the 2019, I believe, since they've had a PGA Tour event. It was the uh, KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship, so it wasn't an official PGA Tour championship. It was the Senior, senior Championships, um, but first time since 2013 that they had the PGA championship in general. Um, so another tournament, nice to be back in, in Rochester. They actually had a delay today, an hour and full 50 minutes due to um, frost on, on the course. So when you're coming to Buffalo, expect it to be weather to be a little crazy, right? Or not Buffalo, Rochester, just surrounding area. Um, so quick notes, top three odds, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler have are both plus 750. Those are the top two guys. Rory McIlroy comes in third with plus 1400. If you're thinking about betting, 
if you're thinking about going to get um, going to make you know watch a little golf so those are the guys to watch um but I want to ask you, what's the number one thing that if you were going, I know a lot of people are going, unfortunately, I can't go. I wish I could. And I know you'd probably go in a heartbeat as well. If you were going, what would be the number one thing you'd look forward to going there? And what would be the number one thing you'd want to do? I would have to say, uh, now I'm not very completely in tune with golf, so I don't know like where you'd want to set yourself up or like what you would exactly see if you picked this shot. But I feel like, I mean, for me, as maybe – Simple as it sounds, like I would just want to be there for whoever uh, the winning putt or the winning uh, area. Usually, I believe they are putts that win it. Yeah. Um, so I would say wherever you have to set up to see that. I don't know if you would end up seeing other shots. I feel like maybe if, uh, when you're much closer to the um, to the hole. So yeah. I, I would say I just would want to see the the, cel- the winning shot, the celebration. The, that's that's your champion. Um, I, I would say wherever you would want to set up for that. Yeah, see, I was going to go with something very similar, so I'm going to actually switch it up. I'm going to go with, I just would like to see the atmosphere in general. Like, just walk around, see how, how golf fans react, because I've never been to a golfing event, see how they act, see how, if, you know, obviously, a lot of Bills Mafia will be there, and Bills Mafia can go a little crazy, and we'll get into Josh Allen, what he said to Rory McIlroy in a second, because we'll get into that in a second. But I think I would just be interested to see how everybody acts, how everybody goes about being a fan and just what people, how golf fans act around the sport. So that would be my thing. I mean, it's one thing that I'm definitely going to, in my lifetime, at least try to catch at least one golf event. I mean, it, I fear that there's just a different, different vibe and different type of event, sporting event than usual. And it's just a different and fun thing to go to. So I'm definitely going to try to make one in my lifetime. Um, but second question, I just, kind of talked about it a little bit. Rory McIlroy wife is from uh, Rochester and she, he talked about how he's kind of, you know, watched the bills here and there and he's become kind of a little bit of a bills fan and Josh Allen and Von Miller got to meet him. There's that picture that came out. Um, and Josh ended up saying, I, I don't, I'm sorry for anything the bills mafia does in advance. They're a little crazy. So what are your thoughts on Rory McIlroy being a bills fan? Do you think he should ever lead the charge and just overall thoughts on that in general? Uh, I would be super supportive. In fact, if I did have to pick a favorite golfer, it would be him as uh, uh, I only learned now that he he has some connections to Rochester as well as being a Bills fan. So that only adds to it. But we're both uh, specifically not just Irish, but Northern Irish. Uh, we share that heritage. So I think that's pretty cool. Maybe a less common uh, country to, to be uh, to be connected with. So I think that's pretty neat. But yeah, that's great to see. Um, of course, we know Josh Allen's heavily involved in the golf industry. Um, and Vaughn seems to be a pretty big fan himself. So yeah, it's great to see that connection. And I would certainly uh, sign the check, uh, sign the checkbox there to have him lead the charge. I think that'd be a great, uh, great opportunity. Uh, maybe they can make something happen for up this upcoming season. I don't know how far in advance they decide the uh, the lucky candidates, but that'd be that would be really awesome. So I'll be rooting for him as well um, in the tournament. Yeah, he's got to at least, uh, in my opinion, he's got to at least come to a game, right? He's got to, he's got to, I don't know if he's ever been to one. Um, right. I feel like we would probably have found out if he has been to one, but if he hasn't, he's got to make his way. Rory, if this video ends up ever finding you, you got to make it to a Bills game. Um, but yeah, so a little cool thing. If you're going to watch, have fun. I know that a lot of people are going, like I've seen a bunch of people mm-hmm. saying that they're going, if not, they already went. Um, so it's starting today is the first round already underway. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday are the last uh, three. So it 
it could be fun. I, I wish I could go. Um, but before we hop off, we're going to do our, our history, a little bit of history for everybody, because um, that is obviously the thing that we kind of made this whole podcast for, is to teach everybody a little bit about Buffalo history, to learn it ourselves as well. So I'll go first just real quick, and then we'll do Hunter HLC's day in, day in history that we're, we're going to do every week. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go back to the Amex. I'm going to talk about the Amex a little bit. Obviously, just made the conference finals. I alluded to it earlier. First time since the 2003-04 season that they made it to the conference finals. They ended up losing in the conference finals that year to Milwaukee, 4-1 to in the series. But some notable players that were on that team. Dominic Pettis led the team in, re- in the regular season and postseason in points. But Jason Pominville was on that team. Paul Gostad was on that team. Derek Roy and Ryan Miller. So all future Sabres that were on big, big-time teams. And the older guy that I wanted to point out that was a player on the team, Jason Botterill, who would end up becoming, obviously, the GM for, of the Sabres. Now, no longer the GM, but he's the reason that Tage Thompson is a Sabre. So a lot of fun, just cool things about that year. And also, last time they were in the finals, so if they make the finals, last time they were in the finals was the 99-2000 season. They lost 4-2 to to Hartford in that series. But again, notable players, Marty Baran didn't play much, only played six games. Mike or Micah Noronin was the star, so but Baran was on that team. Dominic Pettis, again, led the team in points. So Dominic Pettis, big Amherst player, a lot of history there for him there. And then the last season I want to highlight real quick, last time they won the finals was in 1995-1996. They beat Portland in seven games. So it's a seven-game series. John Tortorella was the coach. So he was actually coach of the, of the Amherst. Dixon Ward was the player playoff leader in points. And then the regular season was Craig Sharon. So cool, just a cool little thing that I wanted to point out about how it's been a while since they've even made it to this this far into the playoffs. Um, last year, they almost, they, you know, they, they went on a little run in the playoffs, not too long and not as long as this. But some cool things. I mean, it's been a while, right? All those guys that I named are no longer players. Marty Baron is actually, you might listen to him every day on WGR. And every time you watch a game, you see him on there. So fun, cool little thing um, for the Amherst. Hopefully they can end up making the finals and, you know, winning it. So we'll see. But just uh, there's there's Shoop's history point, I guess. Um, so what is HLC's? A day in a day in history for Buffalo. Well, uh, I'll start it off with actually a quick last Amherst thing. So uh, I was actually at a bar before the game, and I ran into uh, Paul Hamilton as well as Dan Dunleavy, and I'd met them before. I uh, occasionally see Paul at some Bison's press box uh, locations, and then I I'd been, when I was an intern with Channel Four, I'd run into Dan. And uh, for the viewers, uh, something to comment on. Take your pick here. I was told I look like drumroll. Uh, Surprising, Lawrence Pilot. Um, I, I, I see a little bit. I, <laughs> I was saying I don't have any Scandinavian uh, roots or anything, so surprising there. But uh, take a comment on that if you want. But uh, so that wraps up the Amherst. We'll see what they can do versus Hershey. For me, um, let's head back one day ago, just because it's relevant. Actually, is when the Bandits locked up their fourth championship, uh, May seventeenth. Of, for everybody listening, it will be two days, so because the right. this will come out on the nineteenth. But for us, it's today. So yeah, right. Of two thousand eight, they beat uh, the Portland Lumberjacks uh, 14-13, and that did lock up the fourth championship for the Bandits. Then heading into today, May eighteenth, um, we saw that Dominic Hasek, the Dominator, uh, with twenty three saves, as well as some help on the offensive end, and the Sabers defeated the Bruins 
four games to two and the Eastern semis to move on to the Eastern finals. And of course, 1999 is the cup year uh, that we made it, that they made it. So that was that in 1999. And then another interesting um, event that took place today was that gear up for this one. So in 1909, so that would have us going back, I believe, I believe a hundred and um, 14, 14, 14 years. years. Yes. 114 years ago. Uh, and I got, and I will say this, I got to give credit to this date in Buffalo sports history. Uh, you can follow them at buff sports history, HSTRY on Twitter. They provide a lot of this information. So big shout out to them, but I'll read it off anyway. Um, deaf and mute pitcher Luther. And I think this is his nickname is indicative of the time where we kind of didn't, uh, at least society maybe was a little bit more harsh towards people with these um, disabilities, if you want to call them that. Uh, Dummy Taylor, uh, Luther Dummy Taylor, um, threw, however, he threw 14 shutout innings and the Bisons tied uh, Newark 0-0. So how about that? A wow. deaf and mute pitcher throwing 14 shutout innings. Um, do, you know, do you know by chance why the game just ended in or probably just because – I guess in 1909, it could have been the, the weather factor, the light factor, or the rules didn't have it going to extras. Yeah. Um, but just really, that, I mean, but to give credit, uh, how about that? Somebody that is not able to hear nor speak uh, throwing 14 shutout innings. Um, I know if I had to guess now, I guess the the speaking might not play as big a role, but the hearing, I mean, uh, maybe who's on uh, – who's on base. I don't know if there were any walks, of course, or anything, but very impressive. I have to have to give a shout out there. Luther Dummy Taylor. I would figure that you might want to just say Luther Taylor uh, yeah. these days. But uh, so really need to see that for some some Buffalo sports history that happened on today's date. Yeah, wow. I mean, that that's amazing. 14 innings. I mean, I don't even know if a player has ever come close to that um, in the modern era um, for that many innings of shutout ball. But yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I want, I would love to know how many pitches he threw. That, that, I mean, because it's got to be, it's got to be up there to the point where his arm might be hurting a little bit um, after the game. But yeah, another another cool thing for the history of Buffalo. Um, I mean, obviously we gave you gave you a lot of history there, uh, Hunter. You gave I mean three. That's unbelievable. So um, yeah, I mean, we're gonna be doing this every week with the history. Let us know what specifically even you guys would like us to talk about. Um, if you guys want us to keep doing it this way, I mean, we're definitely going to keep at least the day in history because that's always fun to see just what happened on certain days. Um, but yeah, I mean, thanks for listening as everybody as usual. Um, that's going to wrap it up for us. We went through obviously a lot shorter episode today, tried to make it a little shorter. I know the last time was about 50 minutes. Uh, this time is going to be about 35 minutes, a little bit over that. Um, but be sure to like subscribe, comment, leave, yeah, leave your comments down below. Let us know if you've ever been to any of those games for an Amherst Bisons or a Bandits game. Let us know if you're catching any of the games upcoming. Um, Hunter, do you got any last thoughts before we hop off? Yeah, um, I would say if you feel uh, interested, let me know if I look like Lawrence Pilot. And uh, let us know your thoughts on uh, Luther Taylor if you if you so feel interested. I think that's really impressive. Yeah, if you're going to any of the games, um, uh, your your history with going to those types of games um, – and yeah, let's. So I'll say, let's go Buffalo, and I look forward to see what's to come in the future for some of these results. Yeah. So again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys. Um, it's been another fun one. 
And as always, we'll be back next week. I know we didn't talk about Bills this week. Sorry. I know we got the hat. We even got the hashtag Bills Mafia on here, right? We got that hashtag, but it's Buffalo sports banter, not Bills sports banter. So every once in a while, especially that it's the off season, we won't be talking Bills. Um, But yeah, so let us know, even if you got any Bills questions down below, any questions about Bills, Sabres, Bandits, Bisons, anything you guys got got for us, let us know. Um, Follow our Twitters. They will again be down in the comments. And uh, again, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, go Bills, go Buffalo, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.